Okay, here we are. New Hope Radio. Glad to be with you today. Setting a little time aside from our daily routine. Study the Word of God. <laughs> Best thing to do, isn't it? Of course it is. You know, there's something about us that can spark the good that we do. But it also can spark <laughs> the bad that we do. When it sparks the good, we get motivated, we're fulfilled, and we feel like, oh, a job well done. But when it sparks the bad, you know what happens? We're in for a fall. Oh yeah, big fall. Gonna fall down. We're in a series entitled Facing Your Giant. It's about these big, ugly, intimidating things that kinda pop up in our lives. We all have them, don't we? Last time we were together, we talked about the giant of no way out. It backed into a corner, trapped like a rat. Feel like there's no way out. That's what the Israelites were, weren't they, when Pharaoh was coming up the back? Like Moses said, stop. Be quiet. Stop complaining. And see the salvation of the Lord. Today we're going to look at another giant. His name is Pride. How big is this giant? He's a big one. You're going to see why. So we're going to take a look at a king. And this king's name is Hezekiah. He was king over Judah. Judah was the southern kingdom of Israel. Israel being considered the northern kingdom. Well, what happened, Israel had a civil war, and the kingdom was divided into two, the north and the south. Israel in the north, Judah in the south. King Hezekiah, okay, he's the king of the south, he was sick, but he recovered. (laughs) Isaiah told him he was going to die, Isaiah the prophet, right? Hezekiah, you're going to die. But he prayed to God, and God healed him. And he even gave him 15 more years to live. So we pick up our story today in 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 12. Isaiah 39 holds the same account. And here's what it says in 2 Kings 20. At that time, Beradak, Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, he sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick. So he sent letters and a present. That was nice. Maybe a get well card and some chocolate. Or maybe one of those incredible edibles. You ever get those? Fruit covered in chocolate? That's pretty good too. So Beradak, he sent an envoy to see Hezekiah. Verse 13, Hezekiah, he received them and he listened to them. As a matter of fact, he was flattered that such a great nation like Babylon (laughs) would give attention to a small power like Judah. Maybe he started thinking he was really something. You know, here's this big nation, right? Babylon, man, they sent an envoy to see me? To wish me well? Wow. You know, you can get a big head when things like that happen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 18.12, before destruction, uh uh-oh, the heart of man, full of pride. Oh, yeah, 
full of pride. That's why this giant is so dangerous, the giant called pride. He usually goes undetected. Imagine that. He's so big. Oh, but he's, he's like light on his feet. He's quiet. He's quiet. He creeps in, and you don't even know it. So what did Hezekiah do with the envoy? He showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold, the spices, precious ointments, the house of his armor, his weapons, and all that was in his treasure. Wow. Now, this is bad. That's bad, showing off all that stuff. And you know what caused them to do it? Pride. Pride. See, Hezekiah is facing a giant he hasn't yet recognized. Oh, he's there. The giant's there. Hezekiah hasn't recognized it. And you know what it says? There was nothing in his house, nor in all his domain, which Hezekiah did not show them. Man, he showed it all. Why is this so bad? Because his pride is causing him to show off all of his stuff. He showed off all his riches, his gold and silver, all of his weapons, his armor, all the food supply. Now, the Assyrians, they were the enemies of the Babylonians, and they were also the enemies of the Israelites. Okay? So, Hezekiah, it's like he's forming a bond with a pagan nation. Now, you don't do that. You don't form a bond with a pagan nation. Second Chronicles 32 tells us a little bit more. Verse 27, Hezekiah had, oh, exceedingly much riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver and gold and precious stones and spices and shields and for all kinds of pleasant jewels. This is like the Fort Knox, right, of Judah. And he made storehouses for the increase of grain and wine and oil and stalls for all kinds of animals and stalls for flocks. This guy had an abundance of everything. And he provided himself cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance. And then, for God had given him many things. Oh, that's the key. There's the key. God had given him many things. Tuck that away for a second. So Hezekiah's pride, it failed him in two ways. Number one, he did not consult the Lord before entertaining the Babylonians. And number two, he did not give credit to God for all that he had. Now, Hezekiah was a good man. Yeah, he was a good king. But this shows us that the giant called pride is no respecter of persons. That he can influence good people as well as bad people. He doesn't care. He'll go after anybody that he can. So, uh-oh, here, com <laughs> here comes Isaiah, right? Picture Isaiah coming, the prophet, right? He's got his big prophet stick, and he's coming to Hezekiah. He says, Hezekiah, <laughs> where these men come from? And what do they say? And Hezekiah said, oh, they came from Babylon. And Isaiah said, what did they see? What did you show them? 
And Hezekiah answered, Everything, all that is in my house, have they seen. There's nothing among my treasure that I have not showed them. See, why did he do that? Because Hezekiah wanted to impress them with what he had. That's why. You know, here's this big nation. They sent an envoy. Wow. Let me show them I'm big too. He wanted to impress the ungodly men. Now listen. You don't go about seeking to impress ungodly people. You know why? Who cares? Who cares what they think? Doesn't matter. You know what James said? He said, Do you not know friendship with the world is enmity with God? In James 4.4, 4, you don't make friends with the antagonists of God. You can't make friends with those in the world and God. You gotta, you got to choose. you got to make a choice. Don't try to win the, uh, the, the admiration of those that are against God. That's basically what he's saying. Paul said not to be unequally yoked for what partnership has light with darkness. 2 Corinthians 6.14 So Hezekiah, why, why are you trying to get on the good side of the Babylonians? Your light, their darkness. One man said, in this place of wanting to please man, Hezekiah was no longer, uh-oh, a true servant of God. Hmm. See, we are called to serve man, but not to please him. Oh, did you get that? We are called to serve man, but not to please him. So rather than show the Babylonians his treasury, he should have just said, Thank you for coming. Thank you for the gift. I thank God for all I have, and I thank God for my healing. Now go home. <laughs> now go home. And that was it. That should have been the end of it. But oh no, that's what that giant pride will do. That's what pride will do. Pride is going to take something that should be nothing and then make something of it. So Hezekiah, oh man, the giant is there, but he didn't recognize him for who he was. So Isaiah said to him, hear the word of Jehovah. Uh-oh, now here comes the mood change. Isaiah said, behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that is in your father's house, all they've laid up, will be carried away to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, declares the Lord. Some of your sons who shall issue from you, whom you will beget, <laughs> they'll be taken away. And they'll become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Is the warning. That was the prophecy. You know what Isaiah is doing? He's prophesying a future event. And I wonder if Hezekiah didn't show off his treasuries, if some of what we have in the book of Daniel would never have taken place. 
Because the Babylonians, you know what? They're going to come back. He's saying, and they're going to take all your stuff. And they're going to take your sons. And this was fulfilled when Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, robbed the treasury, and he took the sons. Remember that story? Took them all. Happened later. Maybe a hundred years later, <laughs> but it happened. Now, I want you to note Hezekiah's response to Isaiah. Verse 19. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, Oh, the word of the Lord which you have spoken, it's good. Okay. For he thought, Is it not so if there will be peace and truth in my days? I'm like, what? You know what he's saying? I know, okay, you prophesied something that's going to happen later. Babylonians are going to come. They're going to attack us and take all our stuff and take our kids. But while I'm alive, it's not going to happen. It's still going to be good. So he's like, he's good with that. He's good with the fact that there'll be peace in his life, even though they're going to be conquered in the next generation. I'm like, what? He's not bothered by the coming judgment as long as there is peace during his lifetime. Wow. Think about that. He's not bothered by the coming judgment as long as there is peace in his lifetime. Man. So, what's going on here? Well, in closing, in Second Chronicles 32, 23, it says, And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the highest of the tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and the people of Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh reigned in his place. So again, Hezekiah wasn't a bad man. But you know what he did? He let his pride get in the way. His pride got in the way of his success. His success was due to God. And he neglected to give glory to God. He should have given glory to God for all that he had. And he should have given glory to God for his healing. And when the envoy came from Babylon, he had a wonderful opportunity to testify about the goodness of God. But he didn't. He kind of patted himself on the back and he took credit for all that he had. See, his pride, this is what that giant pride does. It made him totally self-absorbed. That's what pride does. When it makes you totally self-absorbed, your pride is in control. And we get self-absorbed when we have a lot and we're successful. We get self-absorbed when things don't go our way and we play the victim. Everybody else is to blame. So let's not let this happen to us. When you see that giant pride coming, run! <laughs> run! Get away. Don't entertain them. Realize pride is not your friend. As a matter of fact, did the Apostle Paul say, you know that flesh that you got? You got to crucify it. You got to crucify the flesh. You know why? It's not your friend. And your pride, that's a big part of your flesh. 
Oh, yes. It really is. It's a very big part of your flesh. So, you know, we can be prideful. There's a good pride that comes from having quality work and you feel good about what you produce. That's okay. That's good. Even the Lord will say, if you live a faithful Christian life, well done, good and faithful servant. But if our pride gets in the way and we get self-absorbed, well then, that's bad. Because what we do, we put ourselves in a place of vulnerability. Oh yeah, vulnerability. And that's no good. Vulnerability is a step away from defeat. And if you don't want defeat, don't make yourself vulnerable. vulnerable. Stay humble. Stay thankful. Stay grateful. Stay worshipful. Keep God in the center. Don't put yourself in the center. Keep God in the center. Okay? Now, i got a few minutes left, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to play one of our devotionals from this week from the Hope Club, the Hope Club devotional, because I like it. And it talks about, you know, living with a life of expectancy and how there were, there were, this week we talked about people that went to Jesus for a need, and not only did the Lord grant their request, but he went above and beyond. He went beyond their request. And it's good if we can develop an attitude like that, to develop an attitude of expectancy as well. So let's see what's going on here in this Hope Club devotional. Happy Thursday, Hope Lovers. Hey, you know, I, I like this topic this week. A little different. But I think it's important we're talking about, you know, living with expectancy. Expectancy means I'm, I'm looking forward to something that gives me hope. And we're looking at some of the things that Jesus did that went beyond what people were really expecting. And I think that's an important part of our Christian life, of our walk with God. We're going to take a look at a scene today in Luke chapter 7. Kind of a sad scene in the beginning. It was actually a funeral. A funeral scene. There was a mom who lived in the city of Nain. And there was a crowd of people walking with the mom. Because she was going to the cemetery to bury her son. And it was a sad scene. There's a lot of people there. She must have had a lot of friends. She's probably well-loved, because the Bible says a large multitude accompanied her. And Jesus approached the gate of the city, and he saw this crowd. And he saw the son being carried out and Luke even says, he was her only son. The only one. She only had one. And now he was gone. And she was a widow. She had no husband. Oh, totally alone. Common experience, isn't it? How many people today are totally alone? Many. Many are. It can be difficult. That can be the thing that takes away your hope. That's why we want to stand strong with Jesus if you're totally alone. Stand strong with Jesus. 
So she was a widow. The large crowd followed her. The Lord saw her, and the Bible says he felt compassion for her. He felt compassion. You think Jesus was the most sensitive person that ever lived? I do. And you know, when you're really sensitive, you probably hurt a lot. Because you hurt for people. When people hurt, you hurt. Maybe you have that quality. Cherish it. Cherish it. Oh, it keeps the heart soft. It really does. So, you know, Jesus did what probably anyone would do. He comforted her. He said to her, Do not weep. Do not weep. Now, sometimes Jesus says things and it's like, I know you're telling me don't weep, but man, this is my son's funeral. How do I not weep at something that is so devastating? How do I do that? How do I do that, Jesus? How do I bring my emotions under control like that? You're asking me to do a very difficult thing. Jesus was doing he was giving her hope he is saying do not weep because I'm going to do something and he came up and he touched the coffin he touched the coffin and the men that were carrying the coffin they all stopped they just stopped and Jesus said young man I say to you Arise. You know what happened? The dead man sat up and he began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Oh, what a gift! What a gift. The lady thought, Oh, Jesus is coming, he's just going to console me. But he went beyond consolation with words, he used actions. And he brought the boy back to life. Now, sometimes people use this story and they make a contemporary application. I just want to tell you, before the church age began on the day of Pentecost, when people died that were believers, they went to paradise. They didn't go to heaven. They went to paradise. And when people went to paradise, the Lord could raise them up and bring them back to earth like he did here but nowadays because we're in the church age we don't go to paradise we go to heaven because when Jesus rose from the dead he took paradise with him to heaven paradise is no longer it's in heaven and that's why Paul could say when we're absent from our body we're present with the Lord so paradise was a holding tank waiting for the resurrection of Christ and when Christ rose he brought all those Old Testament believers to heaven. So that's why he could bring people back from the dead. But today, that doesn't happen. Today it's appointed for man to die once and then comes the judgment. So be careful with these stories, these so-called experiences. We always have to go by the Word of God. But the point that I want to make today, Jesus came alongside this woman and he gave her more than consolation. He gave her her son.
And we never know how God's going to operate with us, with our loss. But he certainly wants to fill the void. He certainly does. If you have a loss, let God fill the void. Have an expectation that he'll fill that void. That's the Christian life, living with expectations. Isn't it true? I mean, as believers in Christ, followers of the Lord Jesus, we should always have the, always have the attitude, God is there for us. Yes, we have voids in our lives, and, and the Lord will go beyond, even the Paul said, what we ever ask or even think. So have an attitude of expectation. We don't know how God will fill the voids, but he will. It might not even be the way we expect it, but he will do it. So I want to give a shout out to you also. If New Hope Radio helps you in any way, um, send us a little encouragement and just say, you know what, it's helping me. If not, tell me what's wrong. One, give me the good, give me the bad. Either way, we're always seeking to improve what we do. You can email us at newhoperadio7, that's the number seven, at gmail.com. Newhoperadio, the number seven, at gmail.com. Is the program helping you personally? Um, is it confusing you? You don't like it? You don't like it? You like it? I don't know. But it's good to get a little feedback sometimes so we can maybe modify what we're doing, where we're going, make sure we're going in the right direction, utilizing this time the best way that we can, honoring the Lord, honoring the radio station that we're on so we can always have the best product available to help people. That's why we want to be here. We want to help people, bring them to the Lord, bring them to Jesus. And not only that, but you have hope. See, we want you to have hope in Christ. Hope in Christ means hope in this life. Oh yeah, they go together. So send us an email, newhoperadio7 at gmail.com. So that is it. That is it. Here's the giant. (laughs) He's a big one. He'll trip you up. Pride. He's quiet, sneaky. Sometimes we don't even know he's there until it's too late. So we're going to be aware of that one. Next time, we're going to take another a look at another giant. Oh, this guy's big and ugly too. Guilt. Oh, the giant of guilt. And we're going to see how he operates. How do we fight that guy? How do we knock that guy down? You're going to see next time right here on New Hope Radio. So thank you for coming along. Pray for the program. Support us if you can financially by joining the Hope Club. You will be supporting New Hope Radio. Three bucks a week. Are you kidding? That's it? That's it. You'll get a devotional every day. I'll see you next time for more.